Hi, this is Dr. Ziegenbein, your favorite rheumatologist and fibromyalgia expert coach. Fibromyalgia has the capacity to rule and even ruin your life. I am here to show you how to stand up to it, how to be your fibromyalgia boss once and for all. Hello friends, it has been a while since I talked to you in person from my office. I brought you quite a few guests in the last few weeks and I hope you love them. My favorite was episode about stillness with Dr. Nisa Kayashian. However, I also loved Dr. Sue Hughes' episode about battling chronic pain. And I have one more exciting episode lined up for you that will be coming after this week. So today I would love to talk to you about something that has been on my mind the last few days, actually longer than that. And it's about how negative beliefs can torpedo your efforts at recovering from fibromyalgia, your efforts at reducing pain from fibromyalgia. I talk a lot about believing in recovery, believing healing is possible, and that is very closely connected to having negative beliefs. So I was going to give you an example right away. It happened just a few days ago, and a patient told me, as I was explaining the concept of neuroplasticity in fibromyalgia and how brain and nervous system can produce pain, the patient told me, Dr. Z, I already did all of that. I tried everything. I already did meditation, physical therapy, and more meditation, and I am still in pain. And basically, she was telling me she did not want to go ahead and read a book I recommended or tried or try to do more of the activities that soothe the nervous system. She has had fibromyalgia for over 25 years and also suffers from chronic back pain. And she already tried many medications and most of them have either did not help or they gave her side effects. And I know that many of you have already tried many medications and you have had tried probably other things. My particular patient tried water aerobics and it has been beneficial, but her pool was closed or is currently closed. So she didn't feel she could engage in water aerobics anywhere else. So here's what I want to tell you. The words do matter. Language we use to talk to ourselves or express ourselves does matter. And I actually am going to provide you a science explanation for it. It is not just motivational speak, you know, that I'm trying to tell you here. So there is a small structure, or I should say a conglomerate of cells and nerve fibers in the brainstem right underneath the brain or and at the top of the spinal cord, referred to as a reticular activation system, or for brief, RAS. The sole job of the reticular activation system is to filter through, filter through millions and millions and millions uh, bytes of information that our nervous system registers every second and only deliver to our brain cortex the relevant stuff. And how it is related to what I'm talking about here? Well, the cells of this reticular activation system, they comb through an ocean of information and 
um, this ocean information is delivered by input from the eyes, mouth, touch, and ears. What information gets to our conscious mind rests solely on this RAS guy. RAS regulates our wakefulness, flight or fight, and focus. So if the message we send to our brain or the thought that we are thinking or the words we say are, I have already tried everything, this is pointless, nothing is working, the RAS will look for information that confirms this thought. It will find all the ways we have already tried and failed in our efforts to improve the pain. It will emphasize how our pool is closed and how, and it will not let us think about other options. It will allow us to think that not moving or not engaging in any other activity is the best course of action day after day, because what's the point? And please know, I do need to say here that I do not argue that resting our bodies when it is warranted is important. Absolutely. I 100% endorse the idea of listening to our body, but I'm, I'm talking about indulging our primitive brain into thinking that we cannot do something or should not do something because it is not safe. This is what our primitive brain's job is to keep us safe. So if we already feel that, if we feel that we already tried everything and that movement is not safe, that there is no point in trying anything else, the brain will say, of course, don't do anything new. Stay where you are because you already know it is safe, even though you're miserable. A good day in the office from the brain perspective is to stay dormant, stay home and save energy. If, on the other hand, our thought is, well, this sounds weird and interesting at the same time. I wonder what is it, what is up with this neuroplasticity theory? Or, well, this sounds interesting. I'm not super excited, but I'm curious. The RAS, the reticular activation system, will filter through and lets in information that allows your curiosity and willingness to learn be satisfied. So to go along with the scenario I already presented, the patient might say to herself, let me read the book the doctor recommended. Let me see what is this somatic tracking about. I'm going to give it a try. It can't hurt since I already tried everything else or I tried other things and it didn't work. So it's worth trying something else. Basically, when the predominant feeling is curiosity, chemical and electrical changes happen in the brain, starting at the RAS level, that then leads to different actions from the I give up approach. In our patient scenario, she might consider other pools being acceptable options. She might try Tai Chi. She might try yoga. She might try the somatic tracking or other activities that soothe the central nervous system and start or initiate a healing response. So negative beliefs are known to humanity. We all have negative thoughts and negative beliefs. And Katie Byron is perhaps the best known for her method of dealing with them. I would like to just briefly mention it here. I'm not, I'm sure I'm not doing as good of a job as she is explaining, 
But basically, when I encounter a negative belief, and I offer that to my patients and clients, I first ask, is it true? And then I answer it, or I let them answer it. So in this case, the thought is, I already tried everything. And the first question, is it true? And you might answer, or the patient might answer, yes, it is. I already tried everything. The second question then is, is it really true? And I don't know about you, but when the question is put like that, I almost always say, well, maybe not. Maybe there are some holes in my theory. So the next question is, if you had a stroke and only the part of your brain that thinks that thought would be removed, who would you be without that thought? So in the case of my patient, who would she be without a thought that she already tried everything? When I first worked with this model and my negative belief at the time was that I was not good enough in what I was doing, I almost started crying when I heard that question because if that thought was removed from my brain, I felt I could be limitless. And that was right around the time when I started this podcast and I started engaging more in coaching patients and clients about fibromyalgia. And it was life-changing. So in in the case of my patient, we did not um, get to investigate that question because uh, the appointment was finished at the time. She did not wish to engage. But I do encourage those of you who may have had that thought to ask yourself, who am I without the thought that I tried already everything for pain? And it might offer some interesting insights. One of the insights could be, well, I could be, it it is possible that I could give a try to something else or I could give a go to another activity or method. And the last question in this model of handling or tackling negative beliefs or negative thoughts is, how can I turn it around? So in the case of my patient, she if it were me, I could say, well, the pain has already tried everything. And now let me see what I can do to pain. Basically, let me see what I can do to affect the pain that was sent to me or produced by my nervous system. Let me see what I can do to change my nervous system. And that's literally what happens when people choose to engage in activities that help rewire the brain. We can rewire our brains and our nervous pathways of pain. And that's it for today. I'm going to leave you with those uh, questions of of the Katie Byron model, how to tackle negative thoughts. The questions are, is it true? Is it really true? Who would you be without the thought? And how can you turn it around? And as always, I look forward to interacting with you soon. Um, Sign up for my podcast. uh, Follow me on Facebook or Instagram. I have cool stuff coming up. I'm doing free workshops on fibromyalgia that I strongly encourage you to sign up for because you can learn new stuff. And 
I do believe that curiosity rules the world and can change things, including pain. If you love this episode, please share with someone who can benefit from it too. I'm also available on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Martina Lenartova, L-E-N-A-R-T-O-V-A. And my business page has name Martina Ziegenbein Coaching, Z-I-E-G-E-N-B-E-I-N. As always, I appreciate lovely reviews or any questions, concerns, or suggestions. I'm here for it. My website is www.winningatfibromyalgia.com.